0: Like when I was a little kid, my dream my dream job was to be a doctor and then I wanted to pump gas on the weekends. Oh. That was my... That's what cares. I wanted. Right. Well, you know, I, I, was, I wanted to be a man of the common people, <laughs> yes. show, show people I can interact with the yes. common folk.
1: Yeah. We're all dealing with the same things every day and I feel like we are going to reach a point where it's not gonna seem so amusing anymore.
0: They'll say a line or something like that and, and their little brother will be like, you know, what's that from? And they'll say it to me. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I was I was watching Where in the World is Carbon San Diego. Like, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Were you just Instagramming through that entire speech?
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: Hi, I'm Michelle.
0: And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives, an audio experience for creatives and thinkers. So uh, have you watched any offices since we've last spoke?
1: Uh, Secretary's Day, when, when Michael takes Aaron out for Secretary's Day and then she finds out that he was, uh, that Andy was engaged to Angela. Yes. And they. I
0: like, that's yeah. a good one.
1: And you're like, uh, yeah, that's a good one. You think everyone is a good one.
0: I like the show. It only starts getting bad. Like the D'Angelo, you know, it episodes. Not a big fan of those.
1: Yeah. Do you like Will Ferrell? I mean, I know you're, are you still a yes. big Anchorman fan or is that just like a phase?
0: No, I'm a big Anchorman <laughs> fan. I, I even like Anchorman too. Um, I, I thought that had some really funny parts to it. I'm a Will Ferrell fan in small doses. Uh, I probably have seen more Will Ferrell movies than I should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I always think with him, there's like this glimmer of like, Hey, maybe this is going to be like the next Anchorman and we have something. here. And then you go and see it and you're like, Nope, it's pretty much like every other movie that he's been, that he's been in besides Anchorman. So I'm not really like, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm hot and cold with him. I feel like it's like his window was, you know, late nineties through 2005, 2004. And Mm -hmm. then like, After that, it's just been like, eh, you know, so.
1: I really love him in Elf. He's Mm -hmm. good. He's good in Anchorman. But I feel like I have like a list of actors and he's one of them, namely like comedians who I just don't find funny. Not that I don't find funny. I have respect for them. I think they're like wildly talented, Mm -hmm. but the humor in the movies that they're a part of are just like, it feels so cheap to me, like Jim Carrey is probably like at the top of this list and, and like Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, like huge, huge disclaimers. These guys, I think that they're geniuses. I think that they're so talented, but like just that type of comedy is not my kind of comedy.
0: Rachel's family was very big on those types of movies growing up. The, the Chris Farley's and Adam Sandler's and all, you know, Tommy boy and whatever. And like, we'll be over at their house and like, they'll say a line or something like that. And, and their little brother will be like, you know, what's that from? And he'll say it to me. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was watching where in the world is carbon San Diego. Like, I, I don't know. Um, and I've, I've just never gotten into any of those types of movies. Just, it's not my, never been my kind of thing. Um, and I probably am like in the minority because I feel like there's a lot of kids that were my age that really got into, yeah,
1: those were the, you know, were that, the movies.
0: Yeah. You know, Water boy. And that, that oh, yeah. generation of I, like all just, SNL.
1: Yeah, it's just not. I don't know. It's not entertaining to me.
0: No, that it really is. Has... It
1: sounds really. I feel like it sounds kind of a little bit snobby, but
0: yeah. Well, you define what just... what entertainment is, though. I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder, and if if you know your generation, it, you know trends one way, but you find yourself stuck in like you know the nineteen forties. You know, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I mean, I'm right there with you. You yeah. know
1: that. So I like love the the old like sla- any kind of like slapstick humor where like people are coming in and out of doors and i think my favorite like comedy thing and this is like so simple and so stupid but like when there's something someone's having like a conversation in the foreground and then there's something going on in the backgrounds like anytime there's a scene like that that's my favorite
0: yeah i'm a big uh, marx brothers fan so there's there's a lot of that kind of humor i also like smart comedy and when i say that it's not necessarily like there's a lot of smart comedy in slapstick so in the stooges or in the marx brothers like there's a lot of brilliant writing and brilliant line delivery um plays on words different things like that that just you know um that's the kind of stuff that i feel like you know it gets it gets lost today because everything is just so in your face like i feel like there's a little bit of I don't know. There's a little bit of educated comedy that I think has has gone away. You know, I don't think you see it nearly as much.
1: I also just so appreciate details in in comedy. Like even today, the episode that I was watching of The Office, like um, Ryan was wearing this like like a bow tie but it was like untied and like just like that detail like cracked me up because he's like such a (laughs) douchebag and like who who wears that only his character would wear something like that right Right. and also other thing i love in the office is in the the episode where they do like the fire drill in the beginning and you know how like michael throws like a chair or something like out the window I yeah. just love that for the rest of the episode when they're doing their like testimonials that that window is like boarded up in the background. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think you lose that. And like like because you're used to that in cartoon comedy when something happens and you're like, well, there's no way that person. And then they just come right back like everything was fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like that intention to, to to detail. I think that's, you know, it's again it, it's not so much smart comedy. That's a pompous way of putting it. But I like that attention to detail part. Like that's exactly what it is.
1: Do you, um, oh God, this is so nerdy. Do you look to see like who wrote the episodes on the office?
0: No, um, no, I don't. Why is that something that you do?
1: Yeah. And okay. it's, it's always after like created for American television by Greg Daniels. That's, is that his name? Yeah. And then right it after was like the showrunner. Yes. And then right after that is they tell like who wrote the episode and in the earlier seasons, like I know like Mindy Kaling wrote a bunch of them. BJ Novak wrote a bunch of them. And then some of them I just like looked up, like I didn't realize that the guy who plays Moe's is like a writer. Um, you knew that, of course you're, you're nodding. Like, yeah, I knew that.
0: Cause <laughs> you don't see him in a lot of other things. So you had to assume that he probably had like, you know, some role in, in something. So you see a lot of that though. Like the, the comedians, you know, the, the head writers on SNL, you know uh, historically speaking whether it was tina fey or you know even now colin jost and michael che you know they're not prime time players in skits like they are the anchors on weekend update and whatnot but you know as they were more established in the writing role like you saw them take less and less of an on-camera role and i thought that was interesting because you know mindy and bj were certainly featured in the episodes but they were not lead characters you Yeah. Know, so they I, I I you could see that kind of coming and playing that way
1: yeah how do you feel about Mindy Kaling
0: one of the more underrated Mindy Kaling roles in the office and that's really a backhanded way of saying like it's just really funny is when uh Ryan comes back to Scranton for the first time after getting the corporate position
1: yeah it's like it's Michael's boss basically it's Jan's position but I don't remember right. what the exact title was
0: right so he comes back and he's all kind of you know uh, trying to to assert himself in this you know this corporate role and whatnot and uh, they go, he, he goes back and he's talking with Kelly and Kelly confesses that she's pregnant and Ryan just starts like freaking out about everything and they cut to Kelly yes. in the break room and she just gives this like <laughs> nod she just like, nods her nod. head
1: like I'm definitely not
0: pregnant. <laughs> yeah. But just keep going with it. It's funny. And like, I like, it's like no words, no nothing, just plain reaction. It's yes. just, it's priceless. It's yeah. so funny. So funny. No, I think she's one of the more underrated. Uh, I, I know people have said, you know, you read a lot about, you know, maybe the, heard the way her voice sounds or whatever it is. And she's, you know, but I, I completely disagree. I think she was such an integral part to that show.
1: Agreed. And I really, um, I think I respect her, like as a writer. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking this because I read her books and like I also watched like the Mindy Project, not not all the way through, but like I totally like I get her humor. I love the references that she makes to like little things, and she almost in a similar way that that Seinfeld does. Like she'll be like, "Why does this happen?" Mm-hmm. Like just you know like little life details, and um, maybe this is not. Saying something good about my character, but I feel like her even her character of Kelly and then her character that she plays on the Mindy project is kind of like how I like hear myself in my head like a little yeah. a little bit of that like in you know, a like overly girly persona
0: but yet you identify with Oscar in that office in that office uh, yeah you know, when uh, I took
1: the the office quiz, which character quiz. were you? I got Oscar. I and I this is also not complimentary of my character but you know the the opening where they talk about how Oscar is the the actually guy like he's the one who's always yes. correcting people. Yes. I think that that's probably a little bit. And also just knowing that like he's one of the more people who have like have it together in the office. I think that he's like well read, he likes the finer things. The
0: finer things club. That's right. Yeah.
1: And I my favorite Oscar line is when they're Jim and Pam are getting ready to go to the hospital with Michael and Dwight. And Michael says, like, Does anyone have a a dictionary? And Oscar says, The hospital will provide dictionaries, bring it thesaurus. <laughs>
0: Always, always there with a cutting line. Like Oscar, one of my favorite Oscar lines has actually translated to my job because uh, we are in a, uh, our, our, our management team has been, uh, our administrative team has been kind of restructured over the last year. So we have, in essence, we have like two leaders. We have-
1: oh, co- co-managers oh, yeah.
0: um, it's kind of like that like there's definitely somebody who's you know in charge of more like big picture stuff and then there's more like day-to-day stuff and it's one of my favorite lines of oscar when he's just like you know what successful company doesn't have two leaders and he's like just think back over the successful things and you know and he's just like who could forget the popes you know yes. and it's just, <laughs> so My like, co-worker i have a co-worker and uh, uh and i always have this like back and forth whenever something kind of goes screwy at the administrative level it's like who could forget the popes <laughs> so yeah, one of my favorite lines.
1: It really is so true. I was reflecting on the fact that, of how much I like The Office, considering I really only worked in an office for a couple of years.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: But it's I remember just...
0: that time period well, because whenever I would need something done from a graphic design you know something like particular that I really didn't know how to do. I'd just be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And you write back, "Oh, good." I'm like, "Listen, I have this project for you. Let's just get down."
1: They're like, <laughs> hey, down to can accent. you uh like Photoshop this for me?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I had like two or three projects over that course of, of of time where I was just like, "I'm gonna just you know pretend like I'm just checking in like a friend," and then
1: yeah, just totally use, use me for abilities. my graphic design talents.
0: Right, right. Well, thanks. Now for- you understand why. Now you understand why I only have six friends.
1: Yes. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I'll have to cash in on some favors from you yeah. at some point.
0: It's fair. That's <laughs> fair.
1: Some writing assignments. Could you write uh, like four blog posts for me, please?
0: I actually I would I would enjoy doing that, which is really sick. But I, I would enjoy doing that. So maybe maybe
1: that's, that's a sign of doing what you love.
0: Yes, it is. Now I have to write it in your voice, like, you know, all like, pretend
1: you're Mindy Kaling.
0: Uh, If I can, I don't know (laughs) if I have that in me. I'm not that good of an actor.
1: Uh, I actually have another question about writing.
0: Okay.
1: So you have a writing background.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What you do in your job is not necessarily, I know that writing is involved in it, but you're not like a journalist. You're not a, an author. Right. Um, have you ever wanted to have a job that was like specific to writing?
0: I did. Or more aligned with, with writing. I did, I think at one point in time. Um, but then I've discovered podcasting and it's a lot easier to just speak what's on my mind as opposed to put it into a coherent thought and make it grammatically correct. And
1: see, I, I would think that you would not like that part of it. Cause I have to tell you, like when we first started this, that was like, a really hard thing to get past. And I don't, you know, I, I, write, I don't have the background that you have in writing, but the fact that like, I couldn't go in and edit, like words come out of your mouth and you can't edit them.
0: That's true. Um, but I think the funny thing is for me, the way I, the way I present when I give talks or whatever is I write out my script, you know, like I word have, for word, word for word. And I have friends and and coworkers who, when they present, will write bullet points and, you know, they know I'm going to hit these six points and I know what I'm going to say under each one. I write my entire thing out like a script and I read it over and over and over again. So I'm at a point where I know, you know, anything from, you know, the points I want to make to the jokes I want to make to whatever. And if for some reason or another, I get, you know, stuck or I stumble on something, I can go down, see the line and it it just picks me back up to where I was, so I, I would imagine it's similar to an actor or an actress with a script, but that has always worked well for me, so I'm more comfortable I think when I'm presenting when I'm talking about something. The writing part i i I do enjoy, but um I don't know necessarily know, and the other part too is is that do we really you know writing skills or writing skills, but do we really look for um that type of communication today you know where where people are reading less and less, and you know emphasis is being placed more and more on visuals and uh, short, or audio short content. right, like I wonder if it's it's kind of changed I mean, I always think writing is at the heart of what a communicator does, but the medium has certainly changed, and how you deliver that has certainly changed. I mean, you know you can get a point across in a couple of emojis in a post, and
1: people, are people happy know with what you yeah
0: right, right, if the content below it or whatever it might be, can kind of help support your, your post. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy writing, but I find that what I was taught, you know, in in terms of writing background, I find that I'm using it less and less as I'm, as I'm getting more advanced in this field.
1: The traditional writing,
0: the traditional writing,
1: if there is Uh, such a thing.
0: Well, you know, I I always, you know, you, you, I I remember having hearing a a presentation a couple of years ago from um, a coworker of mine who was doing something on like linguistics and language, and you know, it was, it it kind of got at that point where things evolve over time, and um, you know, the way we're used to hearing certain things as a society changes and it's important that brands kind of adapt to that mentality. And it's like anything else when we've talked about disruption or whatnot, as things change, you kind of have to change along with it. Um, fully knowing your audience, of course, but yeah, I just, you know, I don't see myself as much as I actually enjoy writing and blogging or have in the past. I find this medium, you know, audio, you know, experiences and recordings and what have you, much more effective and much more up my alley for for where we are right now in time.
1: It's definitely what I like consuming the most, that's for sure.
0: Well, I like the fact that you can multitask with a podcast because, you know, with video, no matter, you know, it's so popular today on, on social, but you can't, you can't close, you can't watch a video and close out of Facebook and then go open your email and go do something else and have the video continue to play. With audio and podcasts, you can do that. Yeah. You and,
1: can listen
0: in the car. You can listen at the gym. Exactly. Cleaning, I, yeah. Or can I mean, and it's not even, you can, you can listen and you can open up other apps and you can do other things. Yeah, that's true. So like, I, I like that medium because we are multi, I mean, I don't think anybody really multitasks well, but I, we are people who just do a number of things at one point in time. Um, I, I like that flexibility in terms of the delivery model.
1: Partially, why I was asking you about the writing question is because of my secret. It's not really a secret, but like what I would want my job to be if I wasn't doing my job.
0: Which oh oh no no let's play this let's let's play this out for a second okay so which wait, have you told me have you told me that already or I, you, no right? no I
1: haven't told you this before and okay. I'll, I'll first start by saying like uh, throughout my childhood I probably had a few different things that I gave as my answers as to what I want to be when I grow up. And I think it's kind of cool that I'm doing almost all of them, or I am doing all of them in a roundabout way. So it was that I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be an artist, I wanted to be a writer. And I, I am, in some way, really doing all three of those things. But the one job that I'm not doing that I would, like, consider abandoning all of this for is I would, like, love to be a writer on a TV show. I think that that is a dream job for me.
0: That's fairly interesting that you say that I have a buddy of mine. So there was a show on, uh, I'm going to make this about me. Uh, there was a show <laughs> on in like the lat in the mid two thousands called, uh, I think it was called studio 60 on the sunset. Oh, show. Yeah.
1: Yes. That was a, an, um, Aaron Sorkin show. Was it? Yes.
0: Matthew, okay. and a, Matthew Perry was in it. And, um, my roommate and I, uh, my senior year of college absolutely fell in love with that show. And first of all, still an abomination that it's not, or was not given more than one season. Uh, but the idea of it being kind of like a behind the scenes SNL, look at the writing process. And you know, that was kind of the framework of it. We kind of fell in love with it from the writing standpoint. And we were very much like Hey, you know, that's going to be a goal of ours. You know, we're, we're going to write a We're going to write a sitcom. Now, little did we know uh, that there were going to be like sitcoms are going to die, yeah. you know, in about 10 years. But
1: or the um, the what a sitcom, what we grew up right, knowing what right. a sitcom is. I mean, I think comedy shows certainly still exist. Right.
0: Or like we were going to write a show of some sort. Like we would come to an agreement on what it was. But just that show of itself kind of like made us fall in love with the process of, of writing. And I was not a writer. Like I, I hated writing in high school. But
1: you wrote like, um, for our school paper.
0: I did. Um, but my love for writing really kind of came around when I was in college and, you know, it was a creative writing class and you learned all of, I mean, and I think that the professor in that class was a huge difference maker for me. Um, really inspired me to go deeper, explore more, and freshman year of college is when I really started being like, hey, I I might be able to do something with this. Um, because before then, you remember being in high school and you would get, you know, an assignment. You got to write 200 words on this or whatever it was like. If that was the assignment I was given, I would write 200 words and not one more. Like I just did not like writing.
1: But I think it was also like the things that they were asking us to write about in high school were things that we had like no interest in and you know we we talk a lot about storytelling and and how important it is to like put ourselves into the story and making it like relatable like i I think if anyone's like here write about this thing that like you really don't care about like it's never going to be good that's definitely something that i I have found in my writing like it's like day and night writing about something i really care about versus like just having a, a writing assignment
0: so have you constantly like chased what you want to be doing in the moment and then just have done it? Because it seems like you've gotten like closer and closer to, you know, that that sweet spot from teaching to design work to, you know, like, yeah.
1: no, I definitely um, I feel like I, I'm really doing everything that I that I want to do with the ex- exception of that, like writing a TV show. But it, the writing a TV show just it. I'm definitely a person who, like, you know, believes that anyone can do anything. But that just seems so it seems like such a stretch. Maybe maybe it's easier now because um, there are more platforms for for TV. Like, you know, you could have an Internet show. I mean, like we could just come up with our own TV show starring us. But, you know, for it to be like a legit, you know, like an office level show, I think would be. A stretch i mean i don't actually see it happening but
0: but it's a goal it's a i don't you know, know i it, don't it, even it know that it's, a goal. One it's, it's one of those like
1: you know big dream things
0: yeah pie in the sky kind yeah. of thing if everything aligned and you had the opportunity and all that other stuff yeah i could see that like when i was a little kid my dream my dream job was to be a doctor and then i wanted to pump gas on the weekends oh that was my None that's what trains. i wanted Right. Well, you know, I, I was a man, wanted to be a man of the common people, <laughs> yes. show, show people I can interact with the yes. common folk. Uh,
1: I like uh, that. Very humble.
0: Right. Right. Uh, but I, I, I quickly realized, like, boy, medical school seems like a lot of work. And then it was just like, OK, well, I like sports. So you could do something you know, maybe in sports. I could do something in sports like a general manager. Uh, we can't Like do a general assistant. manager of a
1: baseball team.
0: <laughs> right. I tend to give those jobs to people who have been, you know, in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I knew I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, do broadcasting. Like I, I want to be a broadcaster. I'm, you know, being behind a microphone always appealed to me. And, um, so I went to school obviously for communications and I got a chance to do some broadcasting at, at, at St. Rose. And that was fun. And that was a nice way to kind of, I did an internship at a TV station and I learned a lot, but I also learned that it's not what I wanted to be doing. Um, to be a play-by-play announcer at a national level or with a big you know, with a big team to get to that point, you got to work in a lot of, you know, no name towns and really kind of make your bones there. And I really wasn't so sure I wanted to do that. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to do something in local TV broadcasting. So it was more like, well, what do I know? And writing was a big part of it. And, but I kind of transferred into PR and here I am. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh,
1: but look at you, you're sitting behind a mic right now. So you're, you know, that's this isn't right. sports broadcasting, but Part of your dream came to life.
0: And thank God it's not. <laughs> because I because if it were Broadway show tunes and sports, we'd be doing two separate shows. Yes, so. that is true. <laughs> uh yeah, no, but part of it has come true. I do I do enjoy, you know, being able to uh to use my words as as you know part of this project.
1: So I've been noticing an extraordinary amount of posts in my Instagram feed and on Facebook that I think are supposed to be like, hey, we're all humans and we all have this in common. So this can range from a meme or a, you know, those like those letter boards that are really popular right now. Yep. That have like, you know, it always says something about like how you rather just stay home and watch Netflix. Yep. Do you think that that's ever going to stop? I feel like we're in a state right now where people are still like, oh, hey, you like this, too. Or, like, oh, hey, you deal with this in your life, too. And it's still kind of, like, a new thing where, it, like, it's so funny and you're you're realizing really how much we all have in common and there's such good, like, ways for us to bond over the internet. But, like, I, I'm already starting to get to the point where, like, I'll see one and it'll be funny. I'll see two and it'll be funny and I'll be, I'll you know, I'll make sure I share it with someone I think would find it amusing. But then you see like 10 of them <laughs> and then it's like, all right, this is, this is too much. And then you see, like, you see the same phrase on something else and it's just, do you think that we're ever going to get to the point where like, just that's not going to exist anymore and people aren't going to be like, Ooh, yeah, we do have all of this in common. Like, I feel like I, as, as human beings. So do you not want
0: social media to be this like, this no, but, like you I do. Don't want, okay. I,
1: okay. I, I do. and And I appreciate it. But like, I see it coming to like a point where it's just, I don't know if it's like too much or it's not so much the posts. Maybe I'm not, I'm not articulating this properly. It's not the posts. It's more of the human behavior that we're like, oh, hey, you, you like this too. And I feel like there, there's such a like a genuine, almost disbelief and surprise on some level that's like just starting to emerge as a result of having the internet. Am I making any sense?
0: Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You just, but do you not like, so what I'm, what I'm getting at is, is that you don't really, you're surprised that so many people, it annoys you that other people are surprised that people actually share the same interests.
1: A little bit. Were you just Instagramming through that entire speech? (laughs) Maybe <laughs> it's not that it pisses me off or sorry.
0: Well, then What is this all about?
1: I'm trying to project where we're going as a society. Once we've all gotten this out of our system that like, yeah, we're all dealing with the same things every day. And I feel like we are going to reach a point where it's not going to seem so amusing anymore.
0: I, I think that's also a part of the social media culture which is it's kind of group thought you know like you have i think people who are comforted by the fact that other people are going through things it's an echo chamber too i mean that's really what what social has kind of become it's it's this this echo chamber of people's feelings and thoughts and you know i think that kind of leads a little bit to where where we are what you're talking about
1: i'm also wondering if like So we've obviously progressed from like, you know, like online dating being kind of looked down upon to it being like normal. Same, I think, with like online friends, I think even like 10, 15 years ago, like if you said, like, oh, I'm going to go meet my friend that I met on the Internet. It would be like, oh, (laughs) like, be careful. Don't get murdered. Yeah, Yeah. And now it's like it feels so commonplace. Like
0: what do you think is next? Um, I, I think there's an element of virtual reality that will be coming in the not too distant future where you might be able to actually, you know, interact with a person or a situation. Um I don't think that's that far off. Like I think we've talked about this in a previous episode. If we haven't, I'm gonna introduce it here, but there's always that contingent of people out there who get annoyed by people who always have their face buried in their phones when they're out in public and they're not, you know, and it's like, well, just wait for 20 years when virtual reality becomes this accepted thing. And, you know, you're going to be wishing they were actually out in public on their phones as opposed to in their house, you know, uh, connected somewhere else virtually. So I think that might be where this this is kind of going, that virtual interaction with friends and people from around the country and around the world.
1: Do you know what business I feel like would be really good to get into right now?
0: You mean besides the the sitcom writing business? Yes. Right.
1: Like being a like psychologist that like specializes in addressing needs that are being or problems that are arising as a result of like social media or the Internet. Like, I mean, I don't I think that for some people right now, like. You know they have social media addiction, or they have problems that are like associated with technology or or social. But I think like virtual reality is going to bring on like a whole new wave of like social disorders. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that there are going to be people who who legit like never leave their house. They won't. They won't need to. I mean, they could have.
0: I'm halfway there now.
1: I know. I mean, you're making me a little nervous. I feel like you could be one of these people potentially. I mean, I could be too, but I think you're a step ahead of me.
0: No, I'm definitely, I, I, I I know I have, I mean, I, I, it's so weird. Like I know I, I, I present a lot and I have to interact with people a lot. And, and
1: even your, um, in our personality test that we took yours, your personality is an E extrovert, which means that you're energized by being around other people.
0: Which is so strange because I, I really almost can't believe that. Maybe I didn't answer the questions. Honestly, I probably wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. Probably. But but I, I feel like I'm i am more of an introvert in terms of like. How I am day to day, you know, I, I it's not like I don't like interacting with people. I do it. Uh, I think I'd much rather.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I do it because I have be. to.
0: I have to. Yeah. I think, that's what, I think that's the thing. I think people go into PR people who go into PR really just don't like working with other people um but I feel like I'm much more comfortable you know at home um doing my own thing than I am being out there with other people and I'm just just that's not me
1: yeah I hear you I definitely like I have hermit tendencies for sure like Jerry has a joke about this sorry Seinfeld has a joke about this but like
0: First name basis with the guy.
1: <laughs> just in case our listeners Jerry. don't know who Jerry is, yeah, our our good friend Jerry um has a joke about. You know, we have this goal to like always be out, and then once you're out, you just want to like get back home. And for me, that that seems to be the case. Like, I like going out to dinner, I like going to the movies, but I'm always like, and the ultimate goal is to like be at home and watching Netflix.
0: Yeah, I reach just, a like, point during the day where couch. I'm just like, I've had enough you know i'm i've this is good you know this this is as far as i want to take this today i'm i'm ready to go home uh yeah i'm completely in that boat but i think that that's that's what these you know technologies have allowed us to do i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing i just think it's what we've become um you know you live in the world that you have and so much of what we have is allowing us to be you know more connected with people around in the country around the world without actually having to go visit them i don't see anything wrong with that
1: we'd love to continue this conversation with you guys over on social media
0: hit us up on facebook twitter and instagram at pod for creatives